0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 159 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. This week we wrap up our series on Galatians and this factual but elusive idea that in Christ we are all one. (laughs) We've examined that in Christ there is no national and ethnic distinctions, gender equality is a real thing, and this week there is no slave and free, or maybe favorites in socioeconomic place or position, Now, as in first century Rome and as recent as 150 years ago in this country, slavery was everyday life. When this story and the things we're talking about, it's estimated that between 25 to 40 percent of the first century population of Rome were slaves, which Mm. I thought was a – that's a lot. That's a Mm -hmm. lot. And that between 450 and 650,000 Africans were brought to the United States over the course of the slave trade. I guess I didn't know what I was expecting that number to be. Mm -hmm. But when you think about that, that's an insane number. But as incredible as those numbers are, we know that in our world, despite laws and ever advancing knowledge and history to look back on and learn from, according to Anti-Slavery International, over 27 million people around the world are slaves and at least 200 million people exist in some form of bondage. That one blew my mind even more than the other two, Mm -hmm. that that's still happening. And last, uh, before we begin, last week we tackled the if and the possibility that our views may be conformed to the world's ideas on gender at times. But we decided that if in Christ it is a place of no gender-based distinctions, we must not be conformed to this world, but we must be transformed so that we live and practice and advocate for everyone. And we left with how can we model this reality? (laughs) Did you guys come up with anything this week, how we can do that? Well,
1: Before you get into that, we have to also realize that Uh, On top of those statistics that you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. we are very unusual here in America without a caste system, but there are other countries and cultures, whole cultures that they may not do what we would call, you know, enslavement, but they have caste systems where there's there's lots of of
2: glass ceilings. Yeah,
1: a status (laughs) uh, where you aren't considered to be as uh, unequal as the other part of your culture. So we have to realize that that, and that can be addressed in in the same topic that we're talking about now. We could even
0: encompass the status. Yeah. yeah. When you think about those numbers and you think, what, how many people are there in the world? Seven billion. Mm -hmm. That's still, that's still a decent amount of of people that are, would find themselves in less freedom than they should be. Right. Right. That's just, it's kind of hard to swallow, but much of the message revolved around Paul philemon and his slave onesimus onesimus onesimus,
2: onesimus. onesimus. onesimus.
0: onesimus. Yeah. i was just curious if or, if a, mess, they, <laughs> or, a, mesimus,
2: or a mess of a mess
0: because <laughs> a couple people that i've already listened to say the name in different places everyone pronounced different. So i was just hoping to see if maybe uh, hey, you Jeff did you're, as well.
2: you're, you're 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 100 100 <laughs>
0: you but i feel like paul is often viewed as the feel-good grace at all costs liberal of romans maybe the ying to james yang and but with the letter to philemon Regarding this Onesimus, his return, I think we see a completely different Paul here because Paul plays the flattering extortionist to perfection, right? He's <laughs> yes, but, he, does. he is putting the butter on on both sides of the bread and he's making <laughs> it good. And then he lands a guilt trip that only a mother could be proud of. As he's talking to him about this letter, I I mean, you hear, I always thank my God when I pray for you because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. Mm -hmm. And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. That is why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because (laughs) it's the right thing for you to do, but because of your love... (laughs) <laughs> I prefer to simply ask you, consider this the right thing for you to do. I'm now an old man, also a prisoner, and, and just do it for the sake of Jesus. You know, I became this guy's father, but now he's very useful to both of us. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. My my
2: favorite, though, my favorite one? in that list is when he, when he says, whatever whatever he owes you know, just put to, put to my account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention that you owe me your very life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So if you consider me your partner, and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. When I read right. that part, I was like, oh, man. And as he closes, I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask. And even more. <laughs> and I'm just like, I've never really thought about that. And maybe I don't know if I've ever read that specifically myself and just mm-hmm. kind of let that one sit there a little bit. This does that little book. And some and, of
2: the new translations like your reader it just makes this comes comes alive
0: more. Right? Yeah. I think that was from mm-hmm. New Living Translation. Yeah. But, you know, Paul pulls out all the stops in this letter. Basically, he goes for the bold ask here and says, I want him back. Well, yeah, he has to. Slavery was such an ingrained part of the culture Mm -hmm. that
2: you think about the Christian church today in certain regions of the country over certain issues. And would you send that person back home?
0: (laughs) Right, right. right.
2: Yeah. It's like, well, maybe you want to just stay here with us, because if you go back home, you're going to be criticized for this, 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 or this. I mean, you're going to be you may be actually socially crucified, if, if not physically damaged. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's among
0: Christian people. Well, and that's what my question was, because, I mean, this was a huge risk he was taking because oh, he, he didn't know what was going to happen nope. on the other side. So I, I felt like he just took everything and just dumped it on this, on the, in this letter, like any little nook or cranny <laughs> or angle he could possibly think of to try to, maybe this will be the thing that makes him say yes or that makes sure that Amispa doesn't get harmed. Right. So how do we apply that when we're thinking about these kinds of issues and we're trying to help people and we don't want to put things, you know, not that everyone's going to be in this grave of danger, but Mm -hmm. taking that same care that we're making sure that we're not just trying to do good for the sake of doing good, but that we're really making protections and that we're using every resource available to help us as we help people.
2: Sure. How to, how to bring, how to bring that justice justice in a very unjust world.
1: Right. And I think this is Paul being, about as big of a peacemaker I've ever seen him, you know, because (laughs) he's really, he really is trying really hard because he understands what the dynamic is and he understands what the law is. I mean, he understands all of these different pieces and I think this is Paul coming in and saying, "Um, look, we're, we have a new, this is God's tip, you know, he's tipped the kingdom upside down. This is what it looks like, but it takes a lot of of energy on both sides to make this
2: work. Well, many are concerned because Paul doesn't just say, stop having slaves. No, he doesn't say yeah, that at yeah, all. Yeah, He's right. like yeah. slavery's a bad thing. Like he should no, gone... no more slaveries. Right. So he should have gone and, farther. And the Bible doesn't. Well, the problem is, is that histo- yeah. most historians will agree that if he had gone further, it would have been so disruptive and Christian it would have landed in the Christian's lap at that point when history was not prepared and didn't have the social structures to replace it. Right. Christians it would, weren't prepared. It, yeah. The, yeah the, the Christians no. even, And so that the foundations are being laid for eventually the emancipation proclamation of the United States. Right. But, you're not you're not ready for it in rome the, the the discord and the whole disassembly of the culture would be so radical that you could do more harm than good i don't know if that paul point. i don't even know if paul saw that oh no he didn't see that yeah. i don't think but
0: that's an interesting yeah. talk even in itself when you read about how rome really transitioned out of more of the slavery sure. and yeah. how the, the the society changed but that was that took a long time right, right. i think you I, I agree that it'd be hard for paul to Push any further, but like to use everything in a way without offending anyone right. almost. Like he <laughs> used every angle, but he did it so smooth, very gently. And I think that we're for Paul.
2: <laughs> for Paul, well,
0: and I think, yeah. but as Christians, I think we're way more risk averse than Paul was. Right. Nobody wants to stick their their hand out the window that far as you're passing by to help someone for fear that you're helping the wrong person. Right. This person really doesn't deserve it or this is a class of people that we're not sure maybe belong to our, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. They
2: aren't our people.
0: Right. They're not our tribe, not our people. And so I think with that risk averse are we prepared to do what Paul did in these areas the way we've structured our denomination and our our local church
2: i think we have to be prepared as individuals more than organizations Mm -hmm. uh to say when people are hurting or people are suffering or people are in a in a bad situation and i have the chance to bring some relief to that i may not be able to end their whole circumstances it may be beyond my ability but i should be interested in bringing relief to suffering i should be willing to to bring Fairness to unfairness, justice to injustice, wherever I can, uh, individually. That does, that does not give the organizations a skip bow. Yeah, but yeah. but really, when we think about our, our own personal Christian walk, there are huge issues going on in our nation. And our uh, Andy Stanley has a great sermon where he talks about what you can't do for all. What you wish you could do, do for, for all, all. Do, do for, for one. one. Yep. I've, I've mm-hmm. heard it's a, it's a great talk.
0: I heard him preach that uh, sermon or give that sermon at Catalyst a right. couple years ago, and it was powerful. And so,
2: and, and so that's sort of our our rule has to be: what can I do for the one that's near me, yeah. as opposed to I can't solve this whole problem right now, but I can do for one what I wish I could do for all.
1: And there's going to be times when it doesn't follow what the normal protocol has been in other words (laughs) the precedents right Mm -hmm. that have been set and sometimes you because justice is one of those things that is i don't want to say that it's subjective but in the it's a case by case issue it's
2: case law
0: more than yeah it really is Mm -hmm. well and i think that's part of the problem is that we look at it and go we would just like to take a brush and wipe all this out at once sure and there's so many differing degrees within every sub text or sub of each, like you said, each case, it makes it very difficult. What was Paul thinking during this while he's writing this letter? And you're, you're, if you're pulling out all those stops, (laughs) you almost have to think he was going, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. I mean, I think he was probably for all the thought that went into this, he had to be praying over this. He had to sure. be sure. putting yeah. everything into it. And yet he still had the the guts and the gusto to just put this out there. And then like you said, what's this guy thinking as he's carrying this letter back, he's, he, that's gotta be, I yeah. mean, there's, there's more, there's a lot of lessons as I was thinking about that. Will this letter work? Well, or if God sends you on something, you know, we, we always say we ask God to to put something in front of us. And when he does, now he expects you to carry it. And you're like, oh, no, no, this wasn't it. I mean, I don't want to carry the letter back to Philemon. I don't want to do this. No, can, I, can I go
2: just a little further west? Back east?
0: Let's, let's go Jonah on this one, shall we? Let's right. go the other way. Yeah. But I think the other part that really struck me is I think our modern slavery, we talked about some of those numbers, but it looks completely different than what we're talking about in first century Rome mm-hmm. or even, you know, 200, 150 years ago in this country. And, and so those images. Well,
2: even, even our country, very much different from Rome. In, right. Ro- in Rome, there was a system by which the slaves actually got paid sometimes. Right, yeah. They could save money up and buy their own freedom. Uh, there was. There were, It was sort of a, it was systematized. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were occasionally masters of slaves in the United States like that, that had that kind of mindset that wanted to see them happen, but that, but that wasn't the rule. Right. It wasn't a societal system for a slave to be able to improve themselves.
0: Yeah, maybe the closest to the same would be that I thought it was interesting that the military, once you were done serving, the, the, well, very often they became slaves hmm. under the under the Roman rule. Right. That was a little, a little different. Different kind of GI Bill. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> The recruiting office was really out uh, of business quick there on that one. But I enjoyed your allowing James and Paul to collaborate that these ideas because I think they're, again, often thought of as mm-hmm. so opposite. And you quoted James too. Uh, starting with, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim that you have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people more than others? And then Paul in Galatians five one, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Like a Paul that anyone would go back to this <laughs> law and, and try to recreate. Right. right there, this series again for the third time just takes this idea of equality, which should be – pretty easy overall. I mean, it's it's pretty clear. And this equality that we have in Christ, it just seems so simple, and but just so equally difficult for us to put into practice. And, and this, maybe more than any of the way the social mm. ladders work inside of our country, and like Jeff, you mentioned caste systems, other places. I mean, can we as individuals though, really have an impact on this issue? Or are we better as a local church saying, you know, we're a church without walls. We're going to impact our community. Maybe we have to band together to make a bigger impact so that more people notice. How do, I mean, what do you well, think I, is the best I way to I think we make that? our
2: biggest impact when each member makes an impact, uh, as opposed to us trying to do some big deal. If bringing justice and freedom to others and respect to people was the norm of all of the individual members in our lives, <laughs> I think that pretty will take care of it, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. As far as making impact, I, matter of fact, it's interesting. There was a there was a young lady in our foyer that presented a question to me, and she said, "So if you have two people in front of you, and one has shoes and one doesn't, which one do you help first? Well, um, um, you know, it's, most of us would say, "Well, let's Personal help the thing. one that doesn't, doesn't have the shoes." shoes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> well, if you have shoes, yeah. if you <laughs> And she says, "Well, I would help the one that doesn't have shoes." And well, first of all, I'm thinking, okay, there's another side to this. And what she was saying, <laughs> yeah,
2: what she's is, saying.
1: is, is that the one who has shoes can run, and go get more shoes. Basically, the idea is that there's a lot of different ways that we can go yeah. go about doing this. We, we help to help, yeah. Help. And that sometimes it's getting down and right down there in yeah. the, you know, in the trenches with it. But there's also people that need. Our influence as well that could actually help to propagate and replicate the work that we're trying to do. So I think it's a a double side to this piece is that, yes, we should be helping in that area, but to make an impact, we also need to realize we have an influence on those people who are not looking in that direction.
2: Well, I think one of the critical things that I probably didn't do very well in the sermon talking about, but we'll talk about now, is the clarity that what Paul is saying in this, this, this verse we've spent three weeks on is that because we're all, desperately lost and that he wonderfully saves us that's our common ground and nobody's better than anybody else is yeah. we're all orphans I, <laughs> I said the you know the thing about the orphans i got a text later on from a an administration kind of person and said you mean we don't get special privileges you know no, <laughs> from your from your from your uh from your orphan friend yeah. <laughs> recognizing recognizing yeah. saying yeah we are we're just we're all orphans looking to be adopted
0: yeah well i think what you said earlier too makes in my experience a lot of sense if you go and help someone that maybe you know maybe they have shoes maybe they're able to pay their bills they don't have a lot of extra maybe there's just something like a tree fell down in their yard or their Mm -hmm. car needs to to be fixed and they're in a tight spot. And when you pay that back, even though that they're not, you wouldn't consider them maybe financially well off or even like maybe just just squeaking on by, but they will find excess in something that they have, whether that's time, talent or treasure, and they will pass it on. So Mm -hmm. like you said, maybe if everyone is just doing that little bit, it might be the thing that really is the catalyst to move bigger change forward, honestly.
2: The risk of trying to do something we shouldn't ignore it organizationally, but the no. risk of trying to do the big deal then is another message to the individual: "Well, oh, I can't do anything else; I can do a big deal, right?" And back to Stanley's thing: "Do do for one what you wish you could do for all." Yeah, uh, it's like I can't feed all the hungry people in the world, but I could feed one hungry person. Absolutely, you know, one meal.
0: Well, speaking of that as a collective group, how has our justice ministries here at the Hospital Church shaped our actions and our accountability for this equality within our community? I mean, I know we do a lot of things like do something Sabbath and there's from outside in and there's all these different things that we highlight and we work towards. How has that changed, do you think, though, the overall thinking of of us as a community and individuals? Because I think That's a lot of. I mean, a lot of churches don't have the type of justice ministries that we do. I think
2: the primary thing it's done for us is it's it's put it on the radar screen, it's brought it into the conversation. It's heightened our awareness that there is even an injustice out there. We can get so involved in our lives, just living them and having a great old time, and and not realize how much just outside of our barely outside of our reach, where we sit right now, there are people that live with injustice. And how how can we help? bring them into a better place. And I think the work that's been done through our justice ministries within, under Chris's leadership has just heightened our awareness and yeah. made us made us more sensitive to the issues, probably.
1: I think a lot of times, left on our own, all we're going to do is is be myopic about our own problems. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think Andy's right. I think what it does.
2: It, <laughs> I'm thinking about your your uh, story you're telling me earlier today. You know that the suffering's all mine, no matter who's yeah. really suffering. I'll just own it all, and it's it's just me. I know you're in really terrible pain, but I'm the one really <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that has to live with you. <laughs> so, oh
1: no, but I think that it does. It just brings it out to the point where whoa and it's it's a, not just a brief it's not just another perspective it's a reframe mm-hmm.
0: well and i think it differentiates or it highlights the maybe contrast is the word i'm looking for it contrasts our struggles cuz we're all going to have right. them it doesn't matter But most of our struggles aren't injustices. Yeah,
2: most of ours are first world problems, very Uh, much. Right, right. So,
0: but in our, like you're saying, in our local community, I think that's what has done more so for me has just. I was talking. Because you you can figure yourself, and like you said, you can take it all and just like, yeah, it's all on me. But then it's like, no, 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 no. Maybe there's something different here.
2: I was talking to one of our members who's struggling where to put his kids in school. He's like, but really, it's a first world problem. Here, I am trying to figure out which Christian school, which private Christian school, should I put my kids in? That's like, yeah, that, I'm not going to really worry about your struggle very much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: you know, we all have we all have things we have to tackle. But that, I think that for us, you know, as we moved here to this church, that was one of the things that we heard and has resonated with us from the beginning and continues. Is that message of justice is prevalent here? Right. And it's not only just, well, we have a Justice Ministries, no, no. which some do, not a lot. Right. And then we, oh, we have a Justice Ministries leader, right. which some do, but most do not. And then we're actually going to bring this up all the time and we're going to help. We want you to be engaged. And oh, by the way, we're going to make it really easy to get you started and to keep going. And I think that makes such a difference in the overall feel of what people feel from our church when they say members seem engaged, people Mm -hmm. seem friendly, people notice. And when they ask you, how many times do you just walk by someone and say, Oh, how's it going? Oh, it's good. Yeah. But here, so many times people will just come up to you and say, No, how are you really doing? You don't, mm-hmm. you don't look yourself. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Vivian came up and said, That's not true. She, I said, Oh, I'm doing good. And she's like, No, that's not true. And that was something on my mind. And, <laughs> and it wasn't, and it was a first world problem. Yeah. But again, I think it just, it's that overall culture that begins to, to breed within itself and within the members and within the community to say, we are doing something. That we know we need to do, and the more we do it together, the more we enjoy it, the more we share it, the better we all become at it. Right,
2: and I think it's really critical that as individuals, we seek to have a heightened understanding of the injustices around around us. us. And there's a great little quotation in Steps to Christ that I think is sort of sums up that what we're trying to do as a congregation, simply that one of our goals should be to make the world a better place for our passing through it. Absolutely. And, and how, how do we do that? What does that mean? And it, it's all over the place, what it can yeah. mean, but to have that as a conscious attitude, how can I make uh, my favorite book, uh, art of possibility, where, where he talks about, I'll be a contribution, just a be a contribution. contribution. How can I be a contribution today? And that just changes the conversation. I'm not, what can about what I can get or what I can earn or how I can achieve. It's so how can I, what, where can I contribute today? How can I make a difference?
0: Excellent. Because that was my last question was, you okay. know, what should we be doing? What's the one thing we should be doing or a thought we could keep with us? And that's it. Just be a contributor. Yeah. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Well, one of our FHE takeaways this week asked, who do you know who needs to be adopted into God's family? This is a great takeaway to end this series on because in the end, our mission and ministry at the Hospital Church is loving people into a lifelong friendship with God.
2: Yeah, go Randy. What, I know, right? I was, I was ready for this.
0: <laughs> I knew that's where you were going. Think of what Jesus in this community of his followers means to you and then about what your life would be like without it. We all have people we can think of immediately that we know without hesitation that needs this adoption into God's family. Who do you know, and what can you do to help facilitate that acceptance? That's I think that's I'm something we can take think away. about.
2: All the pictures of lonely little orphans that you see in these you know ads that for kids to sponsor, and, and we think if we have a heart for them, our heart goes out to them. What about the people that just need to be adopted into God's family? They, yeah. they they're they're already a child. They just need to have the official. You know, adoption take place.
0: Yeah. Think about that this week. How were you adopted into God's family? Think about this at a deeper level than I was raised a Christian. And, (laughs) you know, but really the who and the what brought you into this family, realizing that our own journey and those that contributed to our love of Christ should motivate us to do the same, to share that. So if you want to share, of course, as always, 407-965-1607, text or voicemail or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Final thoughts are from Andy's message. He said, none of us are natural born children of God. Truth is, we are all orphans adopted into God's family. We are all his children by faith in what he has done. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. And for you, are all one in Christ Jesus. Is that thunder? Uh, Right now, we are in the middle of a remodel here at the church. And right now, this room, it's about to get some sound treatment. But right now, everything echoes. And I was like, what is happening all of a sudden? All right. So we are done in Galatians. Right.
2: This week, we begin a new series for the rest for about the next six weeks. Okay. Called God Is. God Is. And this week will be God is Creative by Tomas Diaz, one of our members. And the next. uh, five weeks there after after him will be done by our members as well so we're in our um, summer yay! summer summer series, series yep. of oh, our right. members speaking to us and yeah. we're gonna learn some good
0: stuff looking forward to it that's awesome i always look forward to the summer hopefully mm-hmm. we can uh, well i'll make sure i'm early and i can catch up with them and see if we can <laughs> catch them for next week all right well that will do it for this week stay tuned next wednesday for episode 160 thanks for listening and have a great week